Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. Hey guys, it's Brian Jackson, 4th Down Experience Podcast. Uh, we're excited to have a great guest a guy we've known since 2012. He actually was a staff member of one of our camps that Chris and I ran back in Carrollton, Georgia. He had an awesome career at the University of Alabama where he was a two-time national champion and went on to with different NFL teams and CFL teams and, and is now a great kicking coach and still punting bombs out there in Texas. So welcome to the show, Cody Mandel. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing, Cody, man? Welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast. Uh, we've been waiting to get you on, and uh, glad we were able to work it out. Chris, thanks for having me. So, Cody, man, um, let's talk about Alabama. Obviously, I mentioned that uh, right there in the intro. What was that experience like for you? Oh, uh, one of the most unforgettable experiences of my life. Hands down, um, I learned more valuable lessons um, in the four years that I was in college uh, and I probably have since I left. Um, just incredible, incredible experience playing for Nick Saban. Um, obviously, being able to play around um, some of the talent that was on the field at the same time as me um, was ridiculous. As I mean, the best word I can use. So what's it like playing under Saban? You know, he's uh, obviously he's got this legacy he's built, this dynasty of a, of a program. You know, what's he kind of like behind the scenes as just a coach that you either learn from or, or, or being coached by? Well, um, I think Saban, I think Saban has a, uh, everybody looks at him with a villain mentality and how he's very hard on guys. And um, I, I think what he developed when I was at Alabama was a, a tough love for everybody. And that tough love was almost a fatherly love. So when 
when you're getting coached, um, whether that be talking or yelling, um, you you didn't take it personally. You, you took it like your dad was talking to you. you know? they, they were coaching the, the player and not the, the individual. Um, with Satan, obviously for, for a short-statured guy, he carries a big stick and everybody knows it. Um, so obviously you tread on light water when you, you walk around in the practice a little bit. Um, but a great coach and a great person. I mean, the only time you ever saw him smile was uh, in the locker room when we'd be singing the, the fight song after we win games. Um, other than that, it was business mode at all times and a great time. So, Cody, um, leading into college, like, were you a combo guy, um, you know, and where did you play at and how was your recruiting process? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Lafayette, Louisiana. I went to Acadiana High School. It's a 5A high school in Scott, Louisiana, um, Reckon Rams was our mascot, and uh, I played there from 2006 to 2010. Um, I was the kicker and the punter, both my junior and senior year. All-state punter my senior year, all-district kicker. Uh, my recruiting process was uh, slightly bumpy, I guess, compared to most. Um, my grades weren't the best coming out of high school. Um, I didn't I didn't put forth the effort that I should have in the classroom. When it came to the recruiting trail, I mean, it reflected just as just as kids are told nowadays, you have to try in the classroom. I was told that, but it, it didn't click to me until it was late in the process and schools were showing interest and I was wondering why I'm not getting offered when other guys are, and it was my grades. So um, obviously I had to do what I could my senior year to get qualified. So that was a process in and of its own, but... Um, I got an offer from Tulane University going into my senior year, along with a plethora of preferred walk-ons. So I had committed to Tulane my entire senior year of high school. Uh, so leading up until January, I was committed to Tulane. I decommitted from Tulane and reopened the recruiting process. And lo and behold, two weeks later, I got a phone call from Coach Saban from an unknown cell phone number. And picked it up, and I'm like, who's this? And he's like, Coach Saban. And I, that was the one person I was not expecting to hear from again. And my dad, growing up, just impressed upon me how how much of a game-changing person he is as a coach and as a man. So I've, I've just always had a, a very bad respect for, for Nick Saban and what he does and what he builds everywhere he goes. So when Nick Saban called me, um, and said, hey, we still want you as a, a preferred walk-on and you got a spot in camp with us. It took me a little bit, but I finally committed and I walked on and I could have made it easier on myself in high school by trying in the classroom because the brains were there, just the lack of effort did not help me. And man, if there's one thing in my recruiting process kids need to understand is no matter the talent level, if you don't have the grades, the coaches don't want to offer you anything because they can't go to sleep at night knowing you're going to do your job the next day. Nice. So how did Alabama find out about you? Were you doing the evaluation camp scene or were you just just kind of a locally known as a really good specialist and just hoping that the local D1s found you? How did how did they find you? Yeah, so um, I went to uh, 
various camps going through high school. Um, obviously, Cole's Kicking was a, a bigger recruiting camp, and, and I went through them for quite a few um, recruiting camps as far as evaluation goes. But reaching out to schools was my biggest help to, to get out to schools. I sat down with my dad every night, and we would, okay, what schools today? We're going through these 10 schools. And we'd go to each of those schools' website, find the email of the coach, copy and paste it into a list, put an email down, put that coach's name in, send it to that coach. And we'd do that to 10 colleges a day. And once we got done with the colleges I was interested in, we'd go back through of the ones that didn't respond and send another email. And we were just very, very persistent in everything that we did. My dad and I, um, we didn't use an outside recruiting source. We did this ourselves. Nice. So obviously you probably had some frustrating days, some waiting days, and you really had to probably be patient with the process as well. Yeah, I was, I was one of those guys that uh, did not sign a paper on signing day because obviously you can sign a paper on a day when everybody else is signing it and have your big post on social media, and that's great. Good for the guys that earn the opportunity. They get to post on their social media and, and, you know, tell their friends of the opportunity that they created for themselves by laying down that hard work their entire life up until this point. But for the guys that aren't signing, it's not the end of the world. I'm one of those. I didn't sign anything. I was never, I never took a picture signing a piece of paper and saying, I'm committing to Alabama. I didn't post on my social media and say anything, but obviously at the time, uh, Twitter was just starting to really take off, so uh, nobody was really doing that. So I, I just did what I had to do, showed up and did what I had to do. So, Cody, obviously you're an awesome punter and even a holder um, at the University of Alabama. Uh, what are Thank some? You. I, yeah, you're welcome. What are some things that made you a good punter, technique-wise? I've always had a passion for punting, um, but I really think I improved the most Going from my sophomore to junior year in college, I uh, sat down in the meeting room where we watched film, and I sat there for uh, a total of five hours, and I probably went through 10 cups of coffee. And, I mean, I broke down every punt that I had had in my entire career up until that point at Alabama. So at that point, I had had two years of practice, two years of games, I had a lot of punts to go through it. Um, I just looked for tendencies that really helped me. And um, some of those things were just the way that my leg swings, knowing that your your leg has its own swing. Not everybody's the same. Um, understanding that my drop has to be a certain point inside than most people because my leg swings at a different angle than most. Just understanding that there are those idiosyncrasies and what we do, um, it really helped me get get my punting from pretty good to an NFL caliber level. Just being able to sit there and be very detail-oriented about every single thing that you're doing, when you can break it down to an exact science, yeah, I mean, the, the best way I've heard punting described or kicking is the guy is good when you can wake him up at 3 in the morning, any coffee, any type of wake-up, and make him kick a football straight out of bed. The best in the world would be able to do it because of the the development and the 
good habits that they develop every time they practice. So when they walk on the field and they get that one opportunity, they're ready. To answer your question, um, just figuring out the little things um, and understanding your body, your body, not anybody else's but your own. That really helped me. I want to go back to when you got when you came into Alabama as a freshman. You were a walk-on. Obviously, we know, looking back, you were a four-year starter. What did it take to win the starting job as a walk-on to a, one of the best programs out there? Like, what did it take for you to win that job, and, and uh, when did you, like, earn that spot? Prayer. <laughs> nice. Um, I would just say work. I mean, you have to have a mindset, a stone-cold killer mindset when you, when you approach a competition at a level like Alabama. You know that um, I, I was walking into a situation where they had signed a guy in my class an hour from an hour and a half south of the university. If if you don't think Sagan was going to give the hometown boy a shot, you know, I, I at least thought he would, he would have a you know one part in the game. And honestly, I think what helped me win the job the most was just persistence. I showed up in the morning and watched film with Coach before practice, before class. I mean, anything to separate yourself that you can do, and you're doing it because you love it, do it. And, I mean, extra effort goes a mile. And I think with kicking and punting especially, the more time you put into your craft, the better you're going to be. So, obviously, um, I mean, I was carrying a football around for the first Four months I was in college, just carrying the football around, doing drops, trying to be persistent, build good habits. Yeah, so, hey, so Cody, what's like some of the five or six exciting stadiums that you've kicked in in the SEC? Mm, great question. So, um, we'll start with my freshman year. Um, the one time I played in South Carolina uh, in their stadium, we lost. But, man, their stadium for kickoff, when, when they're kicking off and they play Sandstorm and their entire student section is waving white towels around <laughs> and jumping up and down going crazy, uh, that was an awesome stadium to play in. Even though we lost, great stadium to play in. Um, Penn State, well, my sophomore year we went up to Penn State. Actually, Joe Paterno's last game that he lost as a head coach was against Alabama in 2011 and I played in that game. And that was awesome to go up to Happy Valley, play in a, a whiteout stadium full of 110,000 people in white T-shirts. That was a whole lot of fun. And then seeing the stadium empty out and it be crimson red at the end was even better. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, I mean, obviously, um, Auburn, I'm not going to say that it's a good school. I'm going to say that their stadium is very, very uh, intense, and especially for the Iron Bowl. Uh, one of the funner stadiums to play in as far as electricity in the air. Um, you can feel it when you walk in, even for warm-ups. I mean, obviously, uh, we'll go LSU will be my number two stadium and ever played in. Tiger Stadium at night on a Saturday, there is no other place in the world like that. I grew up, you know, 45 minutes away from LSU Stadium. Uh, I've been to two of their games before I went to college at Alabama. And 
there's nothing like stepping on that field on a Saturday night and uh, going nose to nose with with LSU. That's a a different electricity that you don't ever feel. But my number one stadium ever played in Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami for the national championship against Notre Dame. That was a ball. That was fun. That stadium is. It just feels like the ball travels a mile in it. Oh, that's great. You know, over the years we've been doing these interviews, LSU is the pretty much the number one stadium everybody refers to if they play somewhere in the South. You know, and so that's cool to hear. I got one last question just about your college career. What is it like playing in a national championship game? What's the pressure feel like as an athlete? And obviously, what's the vibe like within Alabama the week leading up to a national championship game? That's a great question. So, um, Alabama leading up to it, I'll start there. Um, Alabama leading up to a national championship, it's really treated like another game. And you hear guys saying all the time, next play, next down, next game. At Alabama, it's, it, it is really next play. So it doesn't matter if that next play is in the game before or in the next game. It is treated all the same. It's respected in the same way. So um, obviously we're very detail-oriented in everything that's done leading up to the game. So I think playing in a national championship um, obviously, you know that the stadium's going to be full. Number two, you know that millions of people are watching on TV. So just those two things together can cripple the average mind very easily. So I think it, it, a lot of breathing when you get on the field in that situation. Um, I think in any big-time game situation, you're going you're gonna to have that, that good nerve about you. Um, but I think it's just all about maintaining maintaining your composure and breathing a lot in your nose and out of your mouth and understanding that it's one play. It's You're not determining the whole game right now. You're determining one play. Um, and I just need to do my job at the end of the day. Do my job. So That's a pretty sweet just sort of mindset about handling pressure, you know, you know, I think a lot of kids get scared thinking of what it, what is it going to be like and, and all that. But, I mean, you just take it one rep at a time. You know, you don't get too far ahead of yourself. You really just, you know, if you want, you can say visualize it a little bit too. But you just, you try not to get too overexcited about just what's happening. So I like that mentality. And that you pretty much have to carry that over into anything in life. So obviously you won a few national championships with Alabama for your starter. When did you realize you maybe had a chance to pursue the NFL, and then what was that process like and then experience? Because you, uh, you spent a little bit of time with some teams, so uh, let's, let's tell the listeners a little bit about your, your pro endeavors. Yeah, so um, going into my junior year, um, I made some form changes that really just allowed some bigger balls to happen, and um, I would say more than bigger balls, um, my C- and C-plus ball was where I improved the most. So going into my junior year, like Bama had said up, at that, up until that point, you know, you got the leg for it, you just need to get consistent. And I, I thought I got pretty consistent um, going into my junior year. Um, ended up all SEC my junior year. After that, I felt pretty confident that I could compete with just about anybody that steps on the field. And... That might sound cocky to some, but when you punt a football at the highest level, 
mentality separates the, the greatest, not leg strength, because everybody can hit a 5-0 when you get to the NFL. It's about the guy that's got the mentality that he's not going to get beat. Agree. Agree. At the end of the day. Um, so, at that point, um, I really just started trying to chisel away and be perfect at what I did. And obviously, going into my senior year, I, I did that and led the country in that punt average and got invited to the senior bowl. That was awesome. Getting to play with uh, my quarterback was Derek Carr. Um, D. Ford was on my team. Cody Parkey gets a hold for Cody Parkey in the Senior Bowl. So that whole experience is just something that I'll never forget. And I know we've already kind of hinted on the fact that it is an unforgettable thing. But, man, like talking about it with you guys, it just brings me back to another. can imagine. I mean, it's the all-star game of all-star games, basically, at the NCAA level. Yeah. Cody, what, what NFL teams were you with, man? And, and talk about like your NFL experience. What, what teams were you with? Who did you compete against? What happened with the CFL? Uh, and then talk about CM kicking after that. Straight out of college, uh, I was invited to the NFL Combine. Uh, great experience. Um, was undrafted. Um, only one punter or kicker was taken my year. Um, I was the first punter dra- uh, signed as an undrafted free agent the Dallas Cowboys in 2014. So I got to go and compete with Chris Jones, who's a, a very talented lefty who's been there for quite a while. And he's from a small, small school. So, I mean, small school guys make it out, and he's a great example. Um, Chris Jones and Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dan Bailey was one of the most detail-oriented workers I've ever seen in kicking. And I think if you can learn anything from Dan Bailey, it's the process starts when your left foot goes on your plant spot before you take your first step back on your field goal steps. Understanding that that process is just like Tiger Woods putting putting a golf ball. It's the same thing, the same process every time. And Dan was a great person, and obviously him and Chris were very nice to me and um, open, and we shared a lot and. Um, obviously, I tried to learn as much as I could from those guys. I got cut from them after uh, the first preseason game. I did very well. I had three punts. All three were inside the 20. Averaged uh, 44 yards a punt. I had two kickoffs. One was a touchback. The other was a tackle inside the 20. After I got cut, I worked out for six teams over that next season. And then I signed with the Green Bay Packers in January of 2015. And I worked out with three other guys for that one. A lot of talented guys at that workout. Honestly, that day, I really wasn't hitting my best ball. When I worked out for the Packers, I was probably hitting my my C-plus, B-minus ball, 47-47. And, I, I mean, I didn't hit the roof of their indoor once in the entire workout and there there were other guys that were working out at that workout that hit the roof but because i was so consistent they signed me nice and that's what they told me when they signed me so that just goes to show big ball doesn't always win a job and i think consistency more than anything gets it done uh so i was with the packers for eight months all the way up until the preseason i got cut the week leading up into their first preseason game uh it's kind of crazy how, how things work out in the NFL, but and I think it all happened for the best. 
Tim Mastay and Mason Crosby, Brett Good, they're all good guys. And just another great pack of guys that took me under their wing and really showed me the way that the specialists operate in the NFL. They're, they're very businesslike and very detail-oriented. You, you know the reason specialists stay in the league for so long when they, you look at their their routine and what they do and how solidified that is. And those guys had a great routine that they had. So so then you got an opportunity in the CFL, right? Um, after I got cut from Green Bay, um, I signed with the Cincinnati Bengals for rookie mini camp in 2016. Um, had a great rookie mini camp. They just they signed a, a phenomenal kicker who was there with me, John Brown, um, who could hit kickoffs into the stands from the 35-yard line in Cincinnati Stadium. Um, just a ridiculous leg. And they ended up signing him, and I got an opportunity to go up to Canada to play with for Hamilton, the Tiger Cats. And, man, it's different kicking right there. Uh, it's cold. It's, uh, it's really windy. The ball is fatter. The field is wider and longer. Um, the rules are different. But that was the one of the greatest experiences of my football career. Just not understanding every rule that was going on, but understanding that football was being played, and I had to hit a certain punt. It wasn't, I couldn't just hit the punt away. There was no fair catch in the CFL, so um, my special teams coach was very specific on wanting a, a long punt, but not that much hang time, so that as he was catching it, we didn't have to wait for the five-yard halo rule, which we can talk rules if you guys want to, but <laughs> uh, Canada was awesome. Uh, Hamilton was a great experience. The the fans up there are one of a kind, and Canadian football, I don't think, gets enough love because those guys really play their, their asses off every play. Well, I can imagine. So, all right. So you had your career with with Hamilton, and then I, you know, I think you 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 tried to figure out, try to get more opportunities, but it's just not working out. So, so then you eventually transitioned to becoming a specialist coach, kicking coach. So, what made you decide to do that? And then, uh, what have you been up to these days now that you've started doing it as a as a full time job? Yeah. So, uh, when I got cut from the Dallas Cowboys in twenty fourteen, I came back to Houston and I started working with a couple of guys and. Uh, Number one is Adam Nunez, who uh, has had a great career at TCU thus far. Started working with him when I was at the Dallas Cowboys. I was working um, through other um, kicking camps as a kicking coach, and obviously I worked with uh, you and Brian starting back in 2012. Um, So I've been coaching guys since basically the time I got into college, but um, I think really in 2012 I really decided that I liked coaching um, as much as I liked playing and um, I just I just have a certain I just love being on the field and watching a guy go from not understanding to um, having a moment of clarity and then he takes that step up the ladder and I think that's what sold it to me at a young age so I'm in 2014 I trained Adam um, throughout the next couple of years when I was on and off teams I would train um, other guys in the area as much as I could when I was in town. Um, but after I get cut from Canada, I came back and um, I really decided, you know, I'm going to start to build this business and and try to get more guys and help as many guys as I can um, because I just think the quality of coaching for 
specialist is there's a lot of guys, but I think the quality is going down because there is so much pollution. So I think that guys deserve quality coaching um, at, a, at an affordable price, number one. And number two, from a credible source that has played at the highest level and, and done things that um, you know, allowed me to, to have access to and, um, and experience. So since going full-time seven months ago, last year I saw over 100 guys, and this year I'm looking at even from 250 to 300 um, with NKR and as well as um, traveling for Cody Mandel kicking and doing instructional private lessons and group camps uh, in the future. So right now we're based out of Houston, and we do private lessons every weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday. Um, available during the week as well, but there's only one session available, obviously, for high school guys. And I train in college and free agent guys as well. Um, and I have two current NFL prospects, prospects for, for punters that are uh, training with me now. So that is pretty awesome to say that I'm helping guys um, at all three levels, middle school, high school, college, NFL. Well, I guess that's four levels. Yeah, you know what's what I've really enjoyed, Cody. Obviously, is meeting you back in 2012 when you were, you know, currently an athlete with Alabama. So for me, I, I was thrilled to see that. Just seeing you on TV and then meeting you in person, and then seeing you develop as a person and as a coach up until now. You joined NKR National Kicking Rankings, and and obviously we're thrilled to have you be a part of it. But what I've what I've liked about your style of coaching is is you don't you don't fluff, you know, but you're you're very good coach and then you, t- you teach kids what it was like at the high levels and you find these teachable moments for the kids and you know your your route to getting to where you got wasn't handed fo- to you you know you weren't given that full ride scholarship you had to work for it and, and I think that that's very relatable for kids to realize that anything is possible and I've and I've I've enjoyed seeing that with you just over the years as well thank you Chris I appreciate that yeah man you can definitely tell you can definitely tell all the kids love you uh, just even when we went down there for the Texas camp and it was raining, you know, that you saw the kids pretty much flock to you, Cody. So it's really awesome to see how much you blossomed. I'm still hoping that you don't give up the cleats or hang up the cleats. I'm still hoping you uh, give the NFL, the AF, the XFL, the ABC, DV, whatever <laughs> league that comes up next. I'm hoping you still uh, give it a shot because you're still crushing the ball even at, you know, in your mid-20s. Well, we'll see what happens. The, uh, the old leg hasn't fell off the hip yet, so we'll see what happens in the future again. Yeah. You know, the one thing, Cody, that I figured out that happened to me as a coach, and, and maybe you'll see it as well, is, is when you're around kids and training them so frequently and you're always running through drills, I found myself becoming a better punter after I hug up the cleats because I was just always working on the drills with the kids. And I actually got better like four to five years after I was done playing, and I bet you you'll probably see that now with a little bit more time coaching is you're going to probably get better, you know, as long as you're staying in shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously um, staying in shape and kicking with, with guys that are training with me is is pushing me. And, and obviously, I like you guys said, I'm not holding the cleats up. And, and I think it's something that every day when I go out and I'm working with guys, I'm sitting there and solidifying my drills. I'm, I'm doing them with other guys and I'm watching them work on them and I'm seeing the, the little things that don't work with them that, oh, that makes sense. That doesn't work on him, him, and him. 
And I mean, I, I think it's really helped me hone in on the little things, Chris. So yeah, I, I definitely can see what you're saying. Just in doing videos with kids every day, um, multiple times a day, I can see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you know that, have you ever heard that concept? I think it's like the 10,000 hour rule. Uh, where basically you do something enough and it starts slowing down and it just starts, you become an expert in it. And maybe you'll, you'll see it soon or if you're already seeing it, but like for me from coaching, I've been doing it for nine years. There was a point at about my fifth year where like things just slowed down. You know, like when they say the game slows down because you're a quarterback and things like that. It was like I could see a kid kick or punt and see like three things happening at once. It was just kind of crazy when it just started happening. And I bet... Either you know, do you see that type of thing now, or is it you kind of seeing it develop the more you you're watching kids and working with different styles and techniques? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, definitely seeing trends and 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 the kids. And yeah, I I agree with the ten thousand hour rule. I think that is exactly like you said, and I think I put ten thousand hours in in high school alone. Then when I got to college, it was another. Then when I got to the NFL, it was you know four years of kicking by myself and now that I'm working with guys every single day and doing these drills every single day multiple times a day yeah absolutely this 10,000 hour rule is kicking my butt right now <laughs> yeah. nice so what's what's next for you now what do you got on the docket for camps coming up in your area um, training opportunities if kids wanted to reach out to you how can they how can they find you yeah absolutely so my best way to reach out to me would be uh, on Instagram, uh, at CMKicking. And if you go on there, you can go find many, many videos to, to help your kicking or punting. I try and post every single day, multiple times a day. And the posts range from anything from educational to just showing you guys some bombs from sessions previous. Um, but... I do private lessons, like I said, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday here in Houston and um, on the weekdays as well. On the docket camp-wise right now, I just have one camp in mind, and that's uh, the NKR Texas Spring Showdown on March the 3rd on Sunday. It's going to be in Houston. We're going to have 25 of the best guys in the, the state of Texas, the city of Houston, around this area. Uh, we're going to come out and we're it's going to be a competition-based camp from 9 to 2. Awards given to uh, the best field goal, kickoff, and punter, as well as long snapper. Um, and to those who win, each, uh, each of those individual competitions for kickoff, punt, field goal, and snap. So um, I'm really excited about that camp and think it should be a fun time. Yeah. We highly recommend you guys going that are listening. Uh, Cody's camps are awesome, so just definitely check them out March 3rd. Texas Showdown sounds pretty sweet, so uh, the weather will be a lot better uh, than it was in December, so definitely check it out. Yeah. Guys, yeah, make sure you're following Cody because, uh, for one, we're thrilled to have him be a part of our national kicking rankings. Uh, he brings a lot to the table, a lot of experience, but make sure you're following him on social media because, you know, he's got the camp coming up in Houston, but he's, he's going to be expanding further throughout the state of Texas. And then into other states. So he's, he's growing well. Uh, kids love what he does. So just kind of stay on the docket, stay on social media, and keep following him. And, and hopefully you guys are able to cross paths with him and, and learn from him and, and uh, kind of experience the things that he's learned along the way. 
right, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Fourth Down Experience. Uh, we're thrilled that we had Cody on. Loved his story. Hopefully, you guys can learn something from it. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Later. All right. Later, guys. See you, Cody. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.